0: The following program, The Inclusive Voice, is sponsored by Diversity MBA Media, and to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of NewsWeb Radio Company or its management.
1: Happy New Year! Good morning, everyone. This is Pam McElvain, your host of The Inclusive Voice. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe I've actually been here for two years. It, this is amazing um the audience um you guys have been great dan uh i mean devon our production director as always he has been great and so you know to this morning i'm live and i really would like you guys to call in at 773-763-9278 because we're going to kind of talk about the um the year in review and some key things and um I would love to hear from you guys in terms of you know what you're seeing and and what you're hearing and what's inspired you and also what's frustrated you. Um, I, I will say this though, when I reflect and think about you know health and wellness and as well as you know the trauma, not just here in North America but in in the world today. You know, we really, I think, are at a, at a place and a space where we have to reflect and, um, and, and really think about how we want to move forward, what choices we want to make in those differences. So joining me this morning in this conversation is my esteemed colleague, Dan Hawley. He's the executive editor for Diversity MBA Media. He's um, an author, and we'll talk a little bit about his book. As well, and he 's also a professor, so a journalist you know um, for more than twenty five years'll be able to reflect with me and today and, what's, and what we 're going to be sharing with you and looking for you to you know please join in with us as we have these conversations so before we get started, I just want to um, just just welcome Dan and um, then we'll, then we'll get we 'll dive right in. So good morning, Dan.
0: Good morning.
1: Um, Hey, I'm so glad to have you back with us. I know it's been a while, but can you believe we are going into our second year, second full year? I know this is going to be. This is going to be. We started in 2020, so this is going to be um, our our third year. So this is amazing that we've been on this long. So, um, Dan, so share with me, you know, where are you calling from, and what do you do to, you know, keep yourself well these days?
0: I, I, I'm sorry, I, I started to speak over you. Oh, your the question.
1: Oh no! I said, "How are you staying well these days? How are you how are you taking care of yourself, and where are you calling from? Well, you know, with all the post pandemic, you know, what do you do to, to, to for wellness check? Okay, and, yeah, where are you calling in from?
0: I'm, I'm calling in from uh, North Carolina, from Durham, uh, North Carolina, um, where I live and um, where I am a professor at. Uh, St. Augustine's University in Raleigh, North Carolina, that's a historical black college that's been around for more than 120 years and, uh, is a very fine institution and we hope to be around for another 120 and, um, I very much enjoyed, uh, working on, um, the diversity with diversity, NBA media and, uh, with you, Pam and, uh, Looking forward to another productive year. Yes,
1: thank you so much for that. And um, so, Dan, I wanted to, you know, just thank you for your background. I appreciate that a little bit. Also, though, you know, I think it's been has it been a couple years that you you just uh, completed your book, "Come On, People: with Plea for Moderation and the Plan for Christians to Lead the Way." Um, but did you just publish that last year? Yes. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about, you know, and I want to talk a little bit about your book because it's going to be really good in setting the stage. But, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, Come On People. What is the theme, you know, that you were trying to, 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 to bring forward?
0: Well, um, as I said in the uh, forward to the book, you know, I decided to write that book because uh, Every morning, you know, I do two things. I read the newspaper and I read my Bible. And it was becoming increasingly clear that uh, what the Bible uh, commands us to do is one thing, and what we're doing is definitely another thing. And, you know, I would be, you know, shouting at my computer. You know, I don't read the old school hard copy newspaper anymore. I read it on my computer and I'd be screaming at it every morning about, can we do this? And Isn't this crazy? And um, I saw a passage uh, about uh, you know, if, if you see men uh, going astray, you should shout out into the wilderness. <laughs> and I said, I guess that, I guess that's told so me I need to shout out. I'm not saying this is a book that God commanded to me to write or anything like that. I'm just saying that It's something that uh, is consistent with my faith. I just uh, decided to write this book um, about how um, we are straying from the Bible, including Christians, especially Christians, in just fanning the flames of partisanship and dividing this nation. And I thought that, uh, you know, I would just point people back to the verses in the Bible that command us to be at peace, to be um, unified and to um you know not uh, be so contentious and uh that's uh that's basically what the book is about
1: yeah and i love that too um you know about your book because just thinking about you know you know, where we are and, and and your ritual right your morning ritual is actually very similar to what i do as well you know it's about centering too before we you know what do we do what do we choose to do to center our days and and with that and this is why I thought you were you know great to to lead um, to co-host the show with me today is really being able to um, have people reflect on what what centers me with all that's going on um, and so Dan and I are gonna you know we're gonna have a conversation today around politics pop culture and the workplace
2: From an industry-leading journal and web publication highlighting professionals and best practices to boot camps and conferences featuring noted and accomplished speakers, Diversity MBA is a driving force in diversity, equity, and inclusion education. But Diversity MBA's education push extends beyond the public realm and into the private sector. Thanks to DMBA, enterprises embarking on their DEI journey have access to training webinars, leadership indexes, and more, all of which can help educate and transform a workforce. Embrace DEI. Diversity MBA can help. Visit www.diversitymbamagazine.com for more information. Talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let Diversity MBA Media bring you up to speed on the discussion. With benchmarking services that help enterprises gauge and expand the diversity of their workforces, to fresh, insightful, deep dive articles on the Diversity MBA website, CEO Pam McElvain leverages years of experience and some of the foremost thought leaders on diversity, equity, and inclusion to. Spread the DEI message and curate content that educates and enlightens. In addition, Diversity MBA Media hosts annual conferences that bring together speakers from all across the DEI spectrum, with thousands of virtual attendees learning industry best practices from a wide range of perspectives. Check out Diversity MBA Media, join the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement, and be a part of the discussion. www.diversitymbamagazine.com
1: Welcome back, everyone. I'm Pam McElveen, your, your host with the Inclusive Voice here with my co-host this morning, Dan Hawley, our executive editor and author and professor. So, you know what, Dan, I'm just going to tell you, I, I, I think we've got a president in and in a democratic administration that, you know you know, clearly, clearly, don't misunderstand me. There are always issues, and people can't do everything they want to do. But I'm going to have to give some kudos to, to Biden administration for some of the deliberate changes that he has made to try to drive, move forward equity among people in the workplace, in the communities, you know, around health, uh, trying to recognize, you know, diversity, and not just in his cabinet and what he did, but, just, you know, but also in, in the policies, the things that he could change. And so I, I do feel, you know, in spite of everything that's going on, you know, small steps, you know, that as they say, a million little things really makes a difference. And so when I think about, you know, some of the the major um, things that has happened last year in 2022, uh, one of the things that come to mind for me um, that I'd like you to share, but I think about, you know, the Biden administration when they, you know, codified the Respect for Marriage Act, you know, ensuring the safety of same-sex and interracial civil marriages. And this, to me... um, you know, that's really, you know, implementing and the execution of the executive order and advancing equity and racial justice, you know, signed, you know, to advance safe and effective and accountable community policing to build trust and strengthen public safety. And, and, and I get that when you have a Senate and, and the House and, um, you know, they balance each other, you know, with the Republican and Democratic, and here we are in 23 with the shift, but you still get the balance of one another. But these, to me, these are these are huge because at the end of the day, it's all about you know people and having your legislation support that. You know, um, I think is major.
0: Um, your thoughts? Yeah, um, that, that is huge and it it does show that there are a lot of things the president can do without um Congress. And um it, you know when you look at if you contrast that with what would have happened only uh, five, ten years ago when um you know uh same sex marriage, uh was was very controversial and and you know it was, a, it was a liability to be associated with um, LGBT rights. Um, it just shows that how much uh, how far we've gone in terms of um, inclusion diversity in our thinking as, as a society. So it, it's definitely a, a major sign of progress.
1: Yeah, you know, and thank you for bringing that history piece into it too. And and you know, I will tell you um believe, you know, with President Biden, Biden uh, signing the executive order, you know, for advancing equity and racial justice, it actually spilled over into the workplace. You know, where organizations um CEOs make commitments and signed it, you know, more than Six hundred uh, Fortune one thousand CEOs signed uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion um, pledges, and um, also you had uh, you had. Uh, Companies, you know, hired diversity leaders and officers that they never did before, had before, and it, and actually started to look at their practices and policies. Which, not to say that you know, it just wasn't a priority. Let me say, it accelerated the priority of it. And when you have your, you know, your 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 most powerful office running right the country saying, "Hey, this is important. We need to look at advancing." equity in the, in the country, but also with organiza- it really helped organizations look at audits and things that they had to do from that. So I, I think, uh, what are your thoughts, though, just shifting a little bit, you know, you know the accountability for the, for the, for the policing and, and helping to strengthen public trust around what's going on there?
0: Well, first of all, let me just uh, add that if you look at what happened down in Florida with uh, Governor DeSantis and his attacks on the Disney Corporation, it just shows that corporate America is in many ways uh, of our political uh, leadership um, with uh, regard to diversity, which just goes to show how necessary it is as a business practice. because um you know um they wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't good business, so um you know um but i I just want to to fill that in. And um I'm glad you I'm glad
1: you did. That's why you're my co-host, you're a great journalist. I totally forgot about that. You're absolutely right. And, you know, because and let me just say this too, now when we're talking about racial justice, well we're gonna get into that when we get into Roe versus Wade. But I was just gonna say too, you know, and it's 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 not all the same for everybody because you still have these states that are that are, you know, bent on driving um, you know, the, the inequity and injustices in their Administrations, but I know that's another conversation. But uh, anyway, so I just wanted to just briefly mention um, your thoughts around accountability for for police for community policing because I do have some thoughts on that myself.
0: Well, um, you know, I I think that uh, we do have a ways to go with regard to um, you know the community relationship with policing and, um, with, uh, just trust of our political leaders and, I mean, just as in thinking broadly, uh, trust of our leadership or, or should say mistrust of our leadership and that those gaps are getting wider. And you know, we, we have taken some steps, I think, to address those problems, but, uh, uh, he, he, you know, it's just just not enough, and we see what's going on with regard to the election of the speaker, and, and finally, McCarthy was elected this like early this morning. But I mean, you know, it's crazy when you when you see leaders fighting like this. You know, like like kids seeing mommy and daddy, you know, having a fist fight in the living room. You know, it doesn't inspire confidence. I know. I'm sorry. Maybe I got a little off topic, but. You know, really, sort of—I uh, uh, don't know—just disgustingly soon No, I think
1: I think you're right about that too. Because I, I like, you know, I like what you're what you're talking about um, in terms of you know what we wanted to do. I think you know, and callers, please feel free to call in at 773-763-9278 and share your opinion. I, I do, you know, we know it's not. Um, You know, everyone in the police department, we know there's training that needs to come. We know that these officers, you know, they put their their lives on the line. They're committed to to doing this work and public safety. But, you know, the community, you know, I think on a larger scale can be more proactive about, you know, saying, how can we help? You remember back in the day, you know, not long ago, but... It, it was, you know, 15 years. It, it's too bad. It's more than a decade ago. But, you know, Community Watch was a really powerful network for, you know, for police, for for policing. And um, and now it's like this fear, you know, that exists where people, you know, don't want to speak up because they're, they're you know, they have, they have some fear because maybe one or two corrupt police officers. But in the reality... It's, um, you know, it, it's not that. It's, it's just we, we have to find a way, I think, to be more proactive. And, and with city government, these municipalities, not really um, putting the resources, I believe, and changing structure and supporting, you know, what our frontline line um, first respondents need. I, I think it, until those structures change... You know we're gonna we're gonna really have a hard time, and I and I tell you, Dan, I say that, and we're gonna move on because you know I'm actually you know our team is actually doing some work, in, um, in some major municipalities around the country, and we're seeing firsthand what's what happens with these police departments and where they get lack of training, lack of resources. And so there's two sides to every story. And that's why I think that, you know, the partnership, you know, needs to, needs to. Um,
0: yeah, and I think we've got to find that balance because uh, we remember that in San Francisco, they recalled a prosecutor who was very progressive. Uh, you know, they were sort of fed up with crime in San Francisco. And, uh, You know, they thought his approach was a little too too soft on crime, and there was another community—gosh, I want to say Portland, but it's escaping my uh, memory—where they um, voters rejected a plan um, to go to a more uh, psychologist-related approach to. responding, you know, to put more um, mental health workers as first responders instead of policemen, which makes sense in a lot of ways. But apparently some voters thought that that, was, uh, that would be too soft on crime. And, you know, uh, who's to say? I mean, voters, maybe they know, maybe they're afraid of what's happening in their community and they don't want us to see things relaxed. But, you know, the communities have um, in that direction. So we've really got to find the balance that makes the community um, comfortable, but uh, it, it's clear things have to change and have been changing in many cases for the better.
1: Yeah, and that's why I really like your book, too. You talk about the come on people, you know, a, a, a plea for moderation. I think it is the, the people's voice that makes a difference. And, you know, and before we go to commercial break, I just, you know, want to say that when, you know, with with the Uh, The House, the U.S. House Select Committee that investigated the January 6th attack on uh, the Capitol, you know, everybody wasn't sure. They thought, you know, Trump was going to get up. Trump was going to, you know, get away with with the with the things he did that was that he incited. And at least they moved it, you know, to the. you know, Trump and his lawyer John Eastman—they at least move the case to the U.S. Department of Justice for prosecution. So, you know, so they're hearing us. You know, they're hearing the voices and they're seeing it. But we can't sit back and, you know, and like you said, not and be. Um, you know, stagnant in this. We we have to be able to, to have a way in a really positive cycle to speak up. So we're going to take a go to commercial break and then we're going to come back and talk a bit about Roe versus Wade. So Dan, I'm really going to look forward to hearing a little, you know, bring a little professorship forward in terms of where you see the impact of this is going to be. So stay with us as we come back. And I'm here with our, with my co-host Dan Hawley, author, professor and executive editor.
2: Don't let the tight labor market get in the way of your company's success. Open your mind to new ideas and open your enterprise to new workforce solutions. With Bold Business, companies can leverage extensive global assets and a lengthy track record of success in reducing labor costs. Don't let borders get in the way of giving your company the best possible workforce. For remote positions, Bold Business can save clients up to 30 to 50% with skilled and experienced candidates from a global talent pool. Head to boldbusiness.com for more information. Thank you for
1: staying tuned with us. Um, I'm your host, Pam McElvain, the Inclusive Voice, here with Dan Hawley. And so, you know, Dan, Roe versus Wade. (laughs) So, you know, this past summer, you know, the U.S. Supreme Court voted to overturn Roe versus Wade. And, you know, it just put the, you know, make the country stand still. So I'm, I'm going to stop and let you reflect on that first before I continue.
0: Well, um, that was, uh, you know, it, it had a, a lot of reverberations and, uh, you know, I think it. it was at, in many ways at the basis for the, mid, the results of the midterm elections because, you know, it, it really, the court really had sort of swung too far. And, um, you know, I think what the election shows is that the people want to sort of bring it back a little bit uh, to the middle. And uh, so, you know, it, 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 we'll, we'll see what happens with the Supreme Court, but, but right now... It, kind of losing legitimacy because it's not of touch with the majority of voters and um, you know they have to do something to gain that respect back. Yeah, but part
1: of the challenge is um, I mean look at the Supreme Court, you know, so you know, you know, that's a whole nother conversation when you when you're supposed to have a Supreme Court that is nonpartisan and have a supreme court that is supposed to judge on the law for the people the basis of the constitution for the people and there and then and when decisions get in personal beliefs are now involved i don't know if it's going to ever swing back i my my fundamental you know reaction right this is in my opinion this is us talking about our opinions uh, my fundamental reaction as a woman of color is, wow, you know, you, you are minimized. You, to me, you're taking us back, you know, short of slavery, you know, where, you know, I hate, to, I hate to put it like that. But it's like, you know, women that are abused, that are raped and that are uh, in, in a position that they cannot have a, make a choice. That's going to impact their lives. Um, I, I think you know it, it's horrible, and then you put it in the hands of, of states. So, so you know, it's almost like that's why I think of slavery. You have to flee, right? You're going to flee this state. You're actually fleeing a personality of a of a particular, um, you know, even though it may be. You know, democratic or Republican, but the state itself is like a dictator. You know, that's not that's not a democratic process because you're you know you have a right wing opinion uh, that is put, you know pushing putting women back. You know, for hundreds of years for for what we fought for the right to choose. And so it's just really stressful for me. It's one thing to say, hey, we don't want, you know, when we say there is life, we don't want, you know, to to, to, to terminate, you know, what we could do. And then if there's services available to help someone, right, because they can't afford, uh, you know, to have to have a child, to help them be able to do that. But then to force someone if they were abused, right, or assaulted, to have to, to, to still have to go through it. Um, I just, I, you know, the trauma of it all, I, I, I struggle with it. And it is my opinion, um, but I hate that the overturning of it has left women um, in certain states based on, you know, political beliefs, Dan, not on, not on human caring, not on mankind, uh, you know, of taking care but just, but just based on your politics is how they're making those decisions. And um, so, I don't know, you say, come on, people, <laughs> look for some moderation. I, I have a strong reaction
0: to that. Yeah. And, I mean, if you really look into the ballot decision, particularly Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, dissent, it really is worse than you think it is. Um, the basis of the decision that abortion was not one of the uh, rights granted under the Constitution when it was um, drawn up. No. Well, think about it. When the Constitution was drawn up, you know, women didn't have the right to vote. Um, black people were uh, property, and so what they're basically saying is that we want to take the country back to that the um, women and uh, minorities did not have equal rights On to uh, only grant them the rights that were enumerated at that time. Well, of course uh, women were not granted the right to an abortion or many other rights back then when the Constitution was drawn up. And, you know, if you read uh, Ginsburg's, this, you know, bolstering dissent, um, she pulls them out on that kind of reasoning, and she basically says, they're just reaching in, in thin air and coming up with a a reason for your opinion that can diffuse and it's it, it's hard to argue with it.
1: No, you're abs- you're right. I, I mean, and so and here they and this is what they do. And they sit here and 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 overturn and overturn that basic argument. So it, it says, do we do we have a I mean, do we have a Supreme Court that justices that basically are looking for a way to continue to marginalize underrepresented people that are looking a way to continue to marginalize people like themselves? And, you know, and I'm going to tell you, Clarence Thomas does not represent the color of his skin so let's just say we can clear that out so he, he you know i'm just gonna it's in my opinion oh, And, and um, by way,
0: know, I, I said my bad i meant lana kagan
1: yes lana kagan yes yeah yes
0: sir, I got that.
1: but that's okay but you know but even with you know so i and i but but i think you're you're right though when you talk about you know, making law, that's part of, That's the issue with the Constitution, right That's part of it, is when you You can go back um, If you if we don't have the legal amendment to it you, you can go back and say, oh, we didn't Amend this part of it, so let's use This as the basis, you know So, I, I do I am hopeful, right, because we, we Appointed, I mean, we were Able to Have A, a, a Black woman that you know, to the Supreme Court, however, you know, still doesn't level the balance of what we have. So the only thing we can hope for in the future is that they, you know, the, 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 the fewer, <laughs> the, the, I guess the liberals that are on the, on, the, on the justice, that they can help sway some of the, you know, the moderates to say, let's really look at the Constitution and where we are today. And how it fact you know, impacts the lives today. So, and I guess the right. good news is that they did put it in the hands of the state because the other, the other issue that's that's up is do we keep affirmative action, or do or do we eliminate affirmative action? And I tell you, right now, there's not a lot of things that affirmative action protects, and if they eliminate it, uh, we we yet again will be going backwards <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah I, I just you know I just had to just bring it out there again it's just it's a little just daunting a bit for me when I think about it so when you think about um, you know in your book I kind of want to go back to your book a bit Dan when you think about when you say you know a plan, for you know christians to lead the way and you know let's just say you know so that we you know there are folks that are not christian but you know they believe in god or maybe they're agnostic what do we say i mean what do you say to folks to you know think about their own um self-worth when you you know want to see change coming what what advice do you have for them
0: well, you know, um, there's no magic bullet, um, but um, I think that you have to look at the impact of social media. I think people really aren't as being scared because so much of our interactions come up with social media where we're either anonymous or, you know, even on Facebook where you have to have your real name. You, half the time you don't know the people you know, you know a lot of time you never met them, and so we feel a lot more emboldened and you know, a, a lot less charitable um, you know I think that it, what we should do is strike less on social media and or in person try to do that um, with with some of my friends some of the people in my church you know I, I belongs to a very diverse church, and we have people of all different opinions. There'd be disagreements on uh, social media, and um, what I started doing is if I disagree with them rather than argue it out on social media in public where things are likely to get testy, I said, hey, let's have lunch. And I, I found that um, even people who disagree with me almost totally in politics, we, we found so much in common, maybe it wasn't politics, maybe it was just, you know, our kids and um, our goals and our ambitions, our hobbies, that, you know, we, we didn't agree anymore politically, but at least we found it a lot harder to attack each other and to be, you know, mean-spirited and to see the worst in each other. Maybe people just, you know, have a cup of coffee with someone, you you disagree you know, get to know them. If, if everyone did that, type, it could be in a better place.
1: Yeah, you know what? That is such a major, major point that you brought up. You know, just how misinformation, right, is getting out into the public. And, and you know, of course we have our, 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 you know, Fifth Amendment that protects you know your your free speech and your right. But you know, when you think about the TikToks of the world, you think about um, how you can use um, you know internet um, for for misinformation and just because you have, and Twitter and like you said, social media and all these things, and but people are being irresponsible about it, and then they continue to you know it's okay to. Feed your opinion to it, but it doesn't become fact. And, and and but but you know what kills me, Dan, is that you have some professionals in journalism that are leveraging this irresponsible reporting just so that they can you know get get hits or get more follow, followers. And you know, and then you have these algorithms that are you know that uh, you know are perpetually increasing you know, certain kind of news feeds, whether they're true or not. And that's what's killing me is, is that, you know, you get all this false, as they say, fake news out there. Well, look at Trump, he was the master of it. And 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 others followed. And, and so you're right, if people, if we could get back to some of the realism and, and, and FaceTime about having, you know, real truths, about the information that's out there and how it impacts us. But, you know, thank you for really bringing up the impact of, of social media and what we need to be. You know, we're going to go to commercial break and maybe, you know, we can talk about, you know, do we need to, you know, what, what can we do, you know, to create some responsibility among our young people um, that, that, you know, that are so immersed in, in this this way of communicating that, um, that they can't see you know, the right for the forest, the trees. So stay stay with us in this conversation. Um, we're WCPT, 820 AM. Please feel free to call in at 773-763-9278 uh, for any of your thoughts or opinions. And we'll be right back with you after this commercial break.
2: From emails that get no response, to improper billing and shipping, to inventory mistakes, Waste can be an expansive, encompassing problem. With a track record of success that includes over $7 billion in successful projects, Bold Business has been helping clients over two decades. Whether you seek to enhance the performance of current anti-waste and waste initiatives, reduce reputational damage in the face of heightened public scrutiny, or simply safeguard cost efficiency, Bold Business has the answers. Check out boldbusiness.com for more information.
1: Hey, thanks for staying stay with us um, in this conversation that we're, we're trying to, you know, Ha! look all the misinformation that's out there and causing people to react to it uh i think you know dan i was just saying i think we i don't want to censor our young people but i do believe parents need to have the conversations with their young people uh you whether they're in college or not um just their their voices are so influential and making sure they know you know hey once you hear an opinion, you know. Make sure if you choose to adopt it, <laughs> that you make sure it's something worth, you know, worthwhile. Um, so I just I just want to shift a little bit, you know, Dan, to you know some of the stuff that's been going on, you know, in in the pop culture um, around uh, the misinformation. Where you know, what do you think about that? I, I, I watched uh, last week. A documentary on um, on Prince Harry and, and Meghan Markle about how the paparazzi in the UK can basically destroy your lives with with misinformation, and it go you know goes back to you know Prince Diana and just the way the UK has allowed this. I mean, it really talked about how they allowed this uh, this institution that's. Worth billions of dollars to uh, profit off of fake news, and it's okay if they destroy, you know, people's lives in doing that, and glamorized it, if you will. So, you know, here we are in America. I mean, if you can, you know, share from, you know, your journalistic perspective, um, where we draw the line with that, or how, how do we differ
0: from that? If well. As you know, I was a journalist for about 25 years at a variety of different media outlets. But all the media outlets I worked for had one thing in common. They were all staffed by human beings. And, you know, last time I checked, none of us were perfect. And so, you know, when it comes to uh, the media, no matter what form that is, you want to understand that, you know, they make mistakes, and are not perfect. But one thing I've seen a lot lately is, you know, most people encourage you to jump out of the frying pan and the fire and to say, oh, you know, you can't trust the mainstream media. You know, get your news from this this website or from that talk show. And, you know, you, you listen to that uh talk show or go to that website and it's, it's a lot worse. Um, so that's the first thing is just, you know, understand the media is not perfect and they have flaws and what you get needs to be taken with a grain of salt. But, you know, that doesn't mean that, uh, someone else who's intentionally trying to mislead you is is doing any better. is any more truthful. And, And my second point is, is that, um, you know, you don't, uh, Don't don't fall for the line that, um, you know, anything that is wrong is intentional as part of some conspiracy theory, um, which is, you know, just part of the effort to demonize anyone you disagree with. And, uh, you you know, if you reject that, you know, you'll, uh, you'll be a lot more able to just sort of see where the information you're getting may not be, Hundred percent accurate, but you know it's it's not what other people may. You, you don't go so far as to uh, fall for who want to intention fall, fall for the ones but people intentionally mislead you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you for because I I actually I think you know well said well said because. Um, I actually do agree that's probably where we cross the line, <laughs> you know, that's, that's where we, we cross the line here is that yes, people are humans, people do their best in bringing information forward, uh, and, and our, our institutions at least, you know, have has the right to, to fact check the best they can, but they're really not out to destroy the lives of others. And, and that's what I, you know, that, that's what I, I sit here I believe. So thank you for that perspective. You know, that just leads me to, Dan, um, one of the things, you know, mental health and wellness have been major themes uh, during the last years. Uh, not just, and I, as I spoke before, you know, not just for people, what are you doing post-pandemic to self-care, you know, for yourself, taking your own personal interest to make sure you're healthy. But, you know, the workplace, Corporations, um, the the emergency, um, the emergency uh, systems and practices they put in place to su- to support and provide um, resources to their employees and the and, or workforce. They also, you know, kept these benefits post the pandemic, which is great. They enhanced their mental wellness, their mental health, their employee resources. You know, they funded. Um, you know, uh, benefits, they offered COVID days off, they actually extended benefits to part-time employees to full-time, the same as full-time employees, you know, this was, it's incredible of that shift and what the impact of the pandemic did, so I'm so happy to know that, you know, when you say humanizing what's happened, you know, that that occurred, so, so then there's there's that, and I so I love that movement, that shift that happened. But then, Dan, what's crazy to me is, you know, well, no, let me step back and say, okay, so then we have our we have our athletes, right? We we have our superstar, world class athletes that you know the 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 Olympics. Where, you know, uh, Simone Biles, you know, uh, it's mental health, you know, Osaka and tennis is, is this mental health. I've got to do these things. I got to step back from this pressure for my own mental health. And that's that absolutely is real. And as an elite world class athlete, that's real. I was an elite collegiate athlete, so I can't even imagine the pressure at a world class level. Right. So we're like, you know, OK, just don't beat them up. I get that. That's okay. They're okay for doing that. These world-class athletes, they, you know, they, they, they can do that. Even, I mean, there's a lot of folks that came out and, um, and talked about it, you know, our, our, our swimmers, you know, they, they came out and talked about the mental health and the stress on it. So I think that helped the cause of mental stress. So I say all that, and I know I've rambled on and I say all that to say that I'm not so sure. And I want you to comment on this Dan. I'm not so sure that I'm that forgiving of these movie stars, these these uh these uh these musicians, you know, Kanye West, Will Smith, being violent towards other people and then blaming it on mental
0: health.
1: So I'm gonna let you comment on that.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. Will Smith, Kanye, boy, <laughs> yeah, maybe there's uh, a line that we shouldn't cross in terms of forgiveness, right? I guess we have to forgive them and and understand them. But I don't know. I guess I have to be same halfway. I mean, Will Smith has been pretty contrite um, lately, and um, I, I, I do think. I'm on the forgive and forget with Wilson. And, and it killed me because he was my favorite actor. Was really my favorite actor. And after that slap, you know, I thought, I just I'm a lunatic. Um, but, you know, he has owned up to his uh, emotional problems. And um, I believe I heard that he's seeking treatment. Um, now, Kanye, you know, he, he's another matter, um, you know, one, he he's, he's even going mean, to know slap is one thing but oh, he Hitler I mean come on now. uh i, I, I don't I don't know anyone that great you know even before that almost all we I'm no Kim Kardashian fan but he, he treated her like dirt you know um so yeah. I, I mean some some people I, I think we we don't have to forget we don't have to forgive and Maybe it's a case-by-case basis, but, you know, I will say, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying before, I I do like this emphasis on um, acknowledging emotional problems, and you're probably referring to Yomi Osaka. I mean, is this, like, wonderful or not? You know, as usual, the younger generation is leading the way uh, to uh, changes, and for her, for her to step back and say, hey, you know, being, you know, on this tour that takes you around the world and requires, uh, you know, this 110% commitment every day, is, it's emotionally draining. I've got to step back. And it's like, duh, you know, why were we afraid to admit this before? So, you know, the rest of you, like, are, are invaluable.
1: Yeah, I I uh, I will say I think so. Uh, two things, Dan. One, I say who who are we? Those without sin who cannot forgive. I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't forgive them all. We absolutely should. Everyone that has had some psychotic break, you know. But there is a line. There's a line that I feel that your um, your ego. And your esteem think you can have violence. I I, I do forgive um, people when they they need it, but um, it, I will never say what he did um, was he was not he he was not aware. I mean, it's unacceptable. He clearly was aware. He did go get help. He probably was counseled and told what he needed to do. But, you know, I just think that we have to, you know, this this culture of trauma and violence, um, we did react. We did react. And I'm glad that the reactions, you know, of, um, you know, were made to make sure that regardless of how popular you are, you know, you do have consequence. But I do believe that we should forgive, no doubt. I mean, n- not a case by case, we should forgive them all and, and move on, but we don't have to like it. And and I don't like what he did. And I won't move on from what he did right away. So which means it's good movies he's making. <laughs> and I never did like Kanye's behavior. But anyway, thank you for sharing that, Dan. And thank you for being w- with me this morning and have a conversation. So as we wrap up, though, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to believe people can go onto to Amazon and get Come On People, A Plea for Moderation and A Plan for Christians to Lead the Way. Uh, it would be a great read. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. And then, you know, uh, we have a couple minutes here. So just, you know, what are, you know, a couple things that you're thinking about? Uh, just so you know, let me just say this real quickly. 90% – there's a statistic I got the other day – 92% of people that make New Year's resolutions don't achieve them. So let me ask you this. <laughs> what achievable <laughs> goal <laughs> that you hope to uh, accomplish in 23?
0: Well, I only have one resolution, and, and I won't even call it a resolution. I'll just call it a goal. I want to spend more time, there with my friends. You know, in 2022, so busy. That and the other thing. And, you know, I haven't changed the world. So, well, I did, well, you know, I wasn't really thinking I could change the world on my own, but you get the point. You know, but I think I, I, I'm just going to spend more time with my friends, even at the expense of, uh getting some product done, even at the expense of making a little bit more money through you know, the little things I do. And, Tim, I'm happy to report that tomorrow I have scheduled a bike ride with a couple of good friends. We're going to spend all afternoon just riding our bicycles. And so I'm already uh, following through on my, uh, my resolution. Excuse me, my goal.
1: There you go. Well done and well said. And you know what? That's one of mine too. And I'm going to tell you and, and and I think it's a, it's one of many people Dan, we're not in this by ourselves. Um, A colleague of mine, long time colleague of mine, called me the other day. She said, uh, Pam, I just read, I read this New York Times article. It talked about reconnecting to those people that are important that you want in your life. And she said to take 10 minutes, give them a call to connect and then make an action to engage. And that's exactly what you did. Exactly what she did. We put walking on Mondays, every Monday together that uh, we would do and being intentional, right? It's bringing intention forward into connection and building those relationships that are important to us. And I will will say this last thing. My uh, 20-year-old college student, uh, Cameron, he's at University of Chicago. From age two to 20 years old, he has someone in his clan that he's managed to stay connected to he is the master connector so you're talking about um Montessori elementary middle school high school and now college he literally has someone from every one of those uh uh, communities that have connect that he's still connected with and he continues to grow his connections so with that we're going to say happy new year to everyone looking forward to a fabulous 2023 do what Pam and Dan are doing and that is going to connect and sustain and build and keep our intentional be intentional about keeping our relationships. Okay. So, um with that, Dan, we're gonna call it a wrap. Thank you for joining me this morning from the the, the more, hopefully a better weather in the Carolinas than here.
0: Great being here again, Pam. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Okay, you're welcome. And that is me, your host, Pam McElveen. Go to com for more. And we look forward and we'll be back with you next week.
0: The preceding program, The Inclusive Voice, was sponsored by Diversity MBA Media. And to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of Newsweb Radio Company or its management.